The value of education cannot be stressed enough for our young people. But education is more than what is taught in school. It's what you can teach at home or even at the gaming table. What if I told you that D&D and other tabletop RPGs are fantastic learning tools for your children? Well, I think they are. And so let's talk about Dungeons & Dragons and other RPGs for your children this week on the Dungeon Masters Dojo. Greetings and salutations, fellow DMs, GMs, referees, judges, game operation directors, and all other varieties of storyteller. I am Lou, and these are your Dungeon Masters. I'm Scott. And I'm Bill. Welcome back to the dojo. D&D and other RPG games for children? Aren't these games for adults? No, I, I don't think so. Well, it wasn't when I got started. Not me either. I mean, I was barely out of my infancy when game... when. D&D was first starting, so, I mean, I was seven years old when I started. So, that was 10. Is that a good, is that a good age to start? Um, I, I think maybe a little bit later than that. 10, 12 is probably yeah. a, a solid, solid number where they, you know, they, you got to make sure they have the mental faculties. Um, I was a little wild when I was a kid and desperately needed some direction. So for me, that's where gaming was uh, put in my lap and Gave me an, an outlet for uh, my uh, overactive imagination. So instead of acting out everywhere else, I acted out in the game. And so for I mean, for I, I was kind of maybe would be the one of the exceptions, but I think ten to twelve is a, a pretty good age where kids have a, a much better understanding of a lot of the the morale points that you're going to be going over in Dungeons and Dragons. I think it's a great age range to start at too. 10 to 12 is, is, is perfect in my opinion, but it's, it's, there's no such thing really as too late either. Oh no. We, we have children in our group that started at in their thirties. Yeah. Yeah. And they're doing just fine. Yep. I think Kenny is one of those. I knew you were going to say that. <laughs> well, cause he, he is really, I think he, he's he, the latest, he, one of the latest newcomers. Yeah. He's, yeah, he, he's our late bloomer. Yep. But Kenny's perfect example of it's never, never too late to start. And we could do a whole episode on on the benefits of tabletop RPGs for older people, which we probably should do because now we're older people. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's it's uh, it's great getting these kids involved in 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 this this sort of thing. And, and if you're an educator or you work with 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 children in any capacity, start a D and D club. You one know, of, meet regularly. One one of our group, Marcus, is is just that. Yes, he did. Yeah. He, he started at um, he's in his school, school and yeah. he he started D and D club at his school. It's a great thing to do. And he comes to our our game and takes some of the stuff he sees with us and pairs it down quite a bit, and uh, and then he reuses it with them. Yep, he actually changes pretty much the rating. Pretty much, you know, yeah. Oh, we're, yeah. we're kind of rated R. He brings it down to PG thirteen ish. Yeah, yep. yeah, and, and well, you look at our group, and there's. What three of them in our group that used to be Bill's Boy Scouts? Oh, that's right. Yes, yeah, I forgot go, about we'd, that. We'd go camping quite often, and while we were in the cabins, or and with decent <laughs> weather, we'd break out the books and the dice, and and we would have adventures right there by the fireside. And yeah, there's there's three of them that were 
were my work my kids and uh and they came up and they're still they're still playing today they're phenomenal players. 20 27 yeah, years are. later yeah. they're very I'm, taking, I'm taking all the credit for that well you should yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you kind of molded them. no then. i probably shouldn't but i'm going to because <laughs> well, they're not here to defend themselves well, true but you you molded them in the way that the game they should be playing the game the way it should be played. They're I would, not, they're I, not I would hope I was an influence. Yeah, I would yeah. hope. I mean, they out they definitely have their different styles. That Every do. single one yep. of them, um, they have their different styles. Uh, we we've gone over the the type of uh, game players, and we can you know pick each each one of them very. You easily. know which one you are. Yeah, you know which one you are, guys. But yeah, I I I will take a little bit of credit in, in getting them started, and I hope I've influenced them. At least enough to keep playing, and I think that's one of the reasons they keep coming back. And they they come here and game with us on a regular basis. Yeah, and and both Matt and Tom are are very very competent GMs in, oh, in their yeah. own right. Oh, that they are. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, which is which is you know to your credit as well. You you kind of graduate. I think you know it's it's um it's almost like going to graduate school when you uh, when you get to sit at the head of the table. You know, when you run a game and you do, and you know, and you do it well, and they both do it very, very well. Two totally different play styles, mm-hmm. two totally different styles of running the game, and uh, very different from one another, and different from both Bill and I. Right. But how do we present the game to these young kids? How do we start? How, how do we start it off where we don't make it too intense for them? Start. Start small. I think in everything you do related to any of these games like this, start. Start small. Especially, you know, educators. I mean, a lot, of, a lot of you have children, so you know, you see what they are interested in, things like that. So, bring some of their interest into the game, but just expand on it and let them use their imagination. And, and that, that we don't see a lot of anymore either. Kids using their imagination. Oh, no, they, they they're in their them. tablets or their phones yeah, or whatever. The else. games do all the the thinking for them these right. days. Uh, where this, you you have to do your own thinking, and it exercises the brain. It it exercises their Social skills, uh, they have to deal with people. They have to do whether it's the actual person sitting across from the table from them or the NPC. They, you know, they have to develop social skills, which is very, very helpful as well. Yeah, and it's, and it's something that requires interaction with other individuals in, you know, personally. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of, a lot of um, technology takes that interpersonal interaction uh, out of the hands of, of folks today and and you lose something when when you don't interact with people face to face you know there's there's a, a way of communicating that's beyond words there's tone and inflection there's body language facial expressions yeah and and you don't get that with a lot of a lot of these other avenues so sitting across the table from someone and learning how to interact with them is is really important. For, for children, um, especially today when everything's digitized. Well, whether it's digitized or not in the virtual world, eventually you're going to have to stand face-to-face with somebody. Yeah. And dealing with the people and dealing with the issues that we present on the table for children, uh, the problem-solving, the monsters, how do we get around this? Imagination is part of it. Creativity and problem-solving is another. You know, how do you come up with the answer for the problems? And, and you work in cooperation with the people with you to come up with the answer. And that helps build your problem solving, your imagination, your creativity, uh, and your social skills. Teamwork. Teamwork. Yeah, yeah. Yep. It, it kind of trains them to start thinking as a team or as not just me or my way or it's the highway type thing. I work in a supermarket. I don't know how many times I've seen kids 
throw full-blown tantrums. And I'm not talking young children. Children at this age, 10, 12, 13, throwing tantrums because they're not getting their box of Twinkies because they're acting out. Well, this is an avenue for them to act out and not be that bratty little kid, not be violent. Not I'm not going to go out in the backyard and I got them ticked off and I'm going to throw rocks at the neighbor's cat. You know, this is a, this is an outlet for them and a good outlet if it's done correctly. Yeah, and I th- I think a game like D&D, and this is going to sound weird saying it because of just the sort of things you do in the game, but I really think a game like D&D can help, help reduce violence. Oh, yeah. And, and, you know, you learn to solve problems with more effective means. I mean, granted, there's going to be there's going to be the swords and the bows and, you know, the, the, the battles and stuff like that. But it's every encounter isn't about that. Well, there's a difference between combat and violence. That's what I was just about yeah. to say. You know, everything is not, doesn't need to be shot or stabbed or slashed. Um, they really have to think about what their, their target is. Do you know who this is coming? Doesn't that sound weird it, it coming sounds, out? It sounds. I I looked around for another mic. I thought maybe we had a guest visitor here. So, no, it's me. Wow. Jeez. But I, Lou's right. You I, know, I, when I, he brings that up, it's it's not every not every problem is solved through violent means, and certainly in 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 the real world, we have we have a. Uh, of course, there's terrible instances where 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 violence is perpetrated upon other people, but for the most part, you know, in the workplace, you're not scuffling. At the water cooler, you're you're learning how to work and get along with other individuals that may have different ideologies than you, different work ethics, that sort of thing. So it's really important, and I really think that games like this can help young people to to develop that skill. It sets a foundation. Yeah, it sets a foundation. It sets something to build upon. Well, and, like you said in some one of our other episodes, you know, on our it was one of our five playstyles. Somebody's going to pick up that leadership role, and everybody's going to actually start following them eventually. Um, yep, and they're going to learn from that because oh, this is the right way to do it. I shouldn't do it this way. Did he take a different medication before he got I, here or something? Uh, who are you? I had a drink. <laughs> <laughs> Mellowed him right out. Don't drink, children. It's bad for you. This is why we have an explicit rating. Here. Yes, yes. Okay, that's why we're talking to the game masters. We're not talking to the children themselves. Yes, exactly. fortunately, that's what I mean too. Okay. I should Sorry. have clarified myself. Sorry. Uh, it, but I mean, to that point, it does teach the kids to challenge established rules. Yeah, yeah, and, and I, you know what? There's um, the key to that is to do so effectively, right? Challenging challenging rules is is fine as long as you do so constructively. Oh, absolutely, right? And and I do think that that's something that's exercised with. With with Dungeons and Dragons and other tabletop RPGs, right? Well, you, yeah, when you're going through town, uh, you can't just walk into the general store and grab stuff because you want it. Yeah, you have to purchase it. Yep, uh, there are consequences when you do things wrong, and that's another thing that I think this can teach us: consequence. Yeah, consequences um, are. I mean, they're a natural natural result of of your actions, be they good or otherwise, right? Mm-hmm. The uh, and and I and I think a, a good example of that, and and this comes right on the heels of of doing our, our our sci-fi campaign episode is is Star Trek did a very good job in the '60s of 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 challenging established rules, and and did it in such a fashion that it wasn't it was done gracefully. And I think I think a, a tabletop RPG. Uh, in a fantasy or even a sci-fi setting can can speak to social commentary 
Much in the same way that Star Trek did back in the 60s. I mean, with kids, you got to sugarcoat it a little bit. Yeah. Um, you don't want to come out hardcore. But yeah, you very easily bring up some real-world issues and see how they deal with it. And then through your NPCs, through the directive of the Game Master, show them what's right, show them what's wrong, show them you know the what's going to happen if you do the wrong thing and what's going to happen if you do the right thing. Right, because in, even in this instance, the, the GM is just not the uh, director or the storyteller. He's actually the influencer for these kids as well. Very much so. Yeah, you you are you are that you know positive, hopefully positive male or female role model that sadly is is oftentimes absent in in young people's lives today. And you know even if they're not in a situation where there's the absence of a strong and positive male or female role model, you can be yet another one of those role models, one of those positive influences. Uh, for children and you can never have too many positive influences you really can't and it's, it's a good thing because sometimes these kids will look forward to oh i'm gonna go play a game with whoever today and yeah. that whoever may not even know that they're that much of an influence so they have to keep that in mind as well yeah yeah most definitely i should always be at the forefront well i, I get a little hints of that every now and then as i mentioned i've been i'm a scout leader and i've been in scouting forever actually even longer than i've been playing tabletop role-playing games and there's i see a lot of of now adults come up and gee, you know, some of the best times I ever had was in, was in scouting. And I try to keep that, that firm, but fair persona when I'm a scout master, um, I'll goof around a little bit, but you know, I am the authoritarian. Um, it's my role. It is a dictatorship. Um, and I am King. I have the last word on everything. And I try to make sure that, you know, they are instilled with decent values and they, they do the right thing, and when we go into the woods, you leave it better than you found it. If you see trash, you pick it up. It's little things like that. Well, you take those little things and you roll it into your game, and you give them the same, the same little instances here and there. And later in life, I found out that I have had an influence and a positive influence on an awful lot of kids. And that's a good feeling. That's why I'm still doing it. And the same thing with the game, you know, in the gameplay. You get up to the head of the table and like you mentioned earlier, three of my kids now play with us on a regular basis. They're all in their 30s. 40s 40, now. Some, 40, yeah. some of yep. them, yeah. A couple of them in their 40s. And they still come back. And, you know, that's a pretty good feeling for an ancient dinosaur like me. I, th- I think when you start a game like this with, with young people that, that aren't yours, right? They're not your children. Um, they're somebody else's. It's It's important to... Have, a, have some dialogue with, with their parents or guardians. You know, this is, you know, when, when, when your children come over on, on, on Friday to hang out with, you know, my children, this is, this is a game that we play. This is what it's all about. Here's some resources you could do to look, look it up. And, you know, the content is, is, is always age appropriate. Now, there's been a few times where I've actually had some younger kids come with their older brothers <laughs> or their mother or father want to know what was, all right, I know my older boy, you know, boy does this, but, my younger boy, eh, I'm not too sure. I said, well, why don't you just sit in the other room and listen? You don't even have to be in sight. You just have to sit there and listen from the other room. You can hear everything that's going on, and just you can evaluate that way. You're right there at the spot. Yeah, an invitation to mom, dad, or guardian, whoever well, it may ab- be, absolutely. is always always a, a great idea. And and the, the, the key is have them sit around the corner, you know, one room away or, or just on the other side of the room or – behind the child where they can't be seen 
So they're less of an influence to the child immediately, and you'll get a little bit more. Of, you know, they won't have that. Oh, gee, you know, they're standing right behind me. They're watching me. To say, oh no, no, they're in the other room. You're good. And once they get involved in the game, they're going to forget that my my parent guardian is sitting in the other room. They're just going to have a good old time. But that would give a good evaluation for the parent to say, all right, well, okay, that I see what you're doing. I like it. I don't like it for whatever reason. But yeah, an invitation's a pretty quick and easy way to to kind of do away with any misgivings that the you know the adult may have. And quite a, quite a few times, I've seen um, my son Emery. He has a couple friends where their parents were, you know, wondering about uh, Dungeons and Dragons, and they started playing with their kids, and their kids were between age uh, ten and fourteen at the time, and the parents got involved. It just it kept everybody involved together, kept them as a, you know a whole unit. They got to learn and teach together. Well, another family game. Monopoly's not the only one. Yeah, yeah, and, and I I think it's um it it's a really good teaching tool, um especially if you're playing with your parents. You know, and and there's there's some sort of lesson that they want to teach that, you know, if you've ever had kids, you can tell when they tune out. Yep. You know, their eyes glaze over. I get it all the time. Yeah, yeah. Me, uh, me, me too. There's there's been a lot of them that I've uh, I've watched just totally tune me out, and that's a that's a normal thing. But with these, you're gonna make a comment. Say, say what you say. Yeah. See, <laughs> the bane of my existence for thirty years. <laughs> It's the child you never had, but but it's a less a lesson that can be taught. It, and it can be taught in an entertaining fashion. Yep, in, in a in a good fashion. You know, it really makes everybody bond together that much quicker. Yeah, and I think I think w- when we're talking about challenging established rules, establishments, and and, and those sort of things, you really you really see us, especially out of children. I, I I think even a child that doesn't exercise their imagination once they're 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 given that opportunity, right? I think it's inherent in all children to just have an imagination that can really like just go off the chains quick. They'll come up with some really creative workarounds, some really really creative ways to to challenge rules that that are that are being exercised in a positive fashion, and that's um that's pretty important. That you you just say to come up with some interesting things. They're gonna come. They're gonna bring stuff like further left than left field because what's going through their head is not you're you're thinking as an adult a little bit more logical a little more linear and they will come out with this thought from out of absolutely nowheres and that's when you kind of look at the rule book going yeah that, that's not going to apply you're going to need to make some adjustments on the fly yeah a lot a lot and it softened things up you can't nope the book says this that you can't do that you don't want to be that stringent you want to be able to Kind of flex a little bit. So, And with that said, how about we take a little bit of a break? Hi, it's Lou. You know, the good-looking one with a full head of lush hair? I'm taking a break from filling DM Scott's shampoo bottle with Nair. To tell you about our new website, thedungeonmastersdojo.com. There, you'll find a host of awesome things, including a picture of me. Every third Friday of the month, a new blog post related to gaming comes out. Interested in getting caught up on the podcast episodes? You'll find those on the website too, as well as other interesting information. Head on over to the DungeonMastersDojo.com and pay us a visit. Send us a message too. We'd love to hear from you. Now, if you excuse me, I have to take the batteries out of DM Bill's hearing aid. See you next time in the dojo. And we're back. So, it's good 
it's a you know it's a good game um, as we know but um it's a cooperative game that teaches teamwork as well yeah uh, uh, teamwork teamwork's important especially well, for it, it, that's just it. it's a cooperative game and you have a adventuring party you have a team for a reason um, everyone has strengths everyone has weaknesses and you need to through everyone's strengths and weaknesses recognize who does have those strengths and if it's not yours give someone else that you can't be the ball hog it's like no i want to do everything i want to do everything uh they're going to learn that sometimes it's better to pass pass off the responsibility to someone else or ask someone else to do it if you're the, the party leader recognize the strengths and ask them to do it not even that i think even like when we talk about cooperation um it teaches them to share you know things that they may find as well mm-hmm. Um, yeah. That's that's huge in cooperation. You know, you just don't hog everything for yourself. You know, well, that, well the object is not to win at D and D. But at the beginning, they don't know that, so well, that, we have to yeah, teach you them. You have that. to teach them that. Yeah, yeah. And because there's really no winning at D and D, you know, you always do better when you perform as a cohesive unit. Mm-hmm. You know, everybody everybody ends up doing better when when there's teamwork involved, especially in this game. And I think that's one of the key elements to this with with the young people is, and Bill brought up Monopoly, right? The goal of Monopoly is to bankrupt everybody and you be the big winner. So there's going to be, there's going to be losers, Mm -hmm. right? And um, that sucks. Yeah, people get their feelings hurt. Yeah, it's it's not, it's only fun for the winner, right? But D&D is fun for everybody involved. I don't know about you, but I don't think I've ever played Monopoly all the way to the end where anyone has won. I have. It seems to take forever. It did, it did. Um, it's a lot of time investment, and if you don't win, it, it I sucks. usually get bored and start chewing on the money. <laughs> but we'll go back to you know the whole cooperative thing. You know, it does it teaches the kids how to, like I said, um, share. Um, you know, the, the, uh, I got this. I'm going to share this with you because you can use it. You know, I'm not going to hog it for myself. Better than I, right? Yeah. That falls within your skill set. And if you have this, it works well for you. But it also works well for me because if you're the cleric and you have that that healing item, I might need healing. Bill might need healing too. It's right. not going to do any good if I'm if I'm swinging it around, right? But if Lou the cleric is, then everybody benefits. Yeah, and everybody team. benefits from working as 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 this team. And you know, when I look at our table, the one thing that brings us here, of course, is our friendship and the game. But nobody nobody is the same. The same person, you know, Matt's an athlete, right? Bill's a hunter. There's a bunch of different interests, right? Lou's, I don't know what Lou does. It's techie. It's got computers and wires and a lot of zeros and ones. He laughs at me every time I break out my flip phone. Yeah. And, and so everybody comes from a different, a different walk of life. You know, we wouldn't have, we wouldn't have met Matt if Matt just was an athlete, right? Because none of us are participating in athletics that's not like our our thing organized athletics so it brings all sorts of different people with all sorts of different talents and interests together that may not have may not have come together right so it 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 essentially is it's like building a team a very diverse team and that's what that's what the workplace is oh very much you know, you know the, the, the whole idea is to when you're teaching this kid this game and our point is this is all transferable to real everyday life. These are life lessons that we hopefully will take with them later on and apply. 
And I learned this. I learned how to be a leader. I learned how to be a follower. I learned to accept my wins and my defeats. I've, I've, okay, I won't do that again. I'm going to figure out what I did wrong and not do that again. And they will do, they will get injured. Well, the players, yep. not the players, <clears throat> yeah, the characters will get injured. Okay, well, okay, I guess jumping through a window was a bad idea. It looks good on the movies, uh, but the game master just gave me two points of damage from the broken glass. Uh, so I guess if I did that in real life, you know, I bet you that would hurt in real life too. Oh, yeah, but, you know, let's, let's talk about real life. You know, this has a lot of practical things. It teaches them math. Um, yeah. They're writing down mm-hmm. notes all the time, so they're learning how to, to note-take properly. They're learning how to just, you know, use writing skills in general. Yeah. Well, I mean, we, we are real big on pushing backgrounds. Uh, give us a, an extensive background. And, and when we say extensive, our guys will throw 10, 12, 14 pages. Too many. Um, I Too know many I'm, I, I, I know I'm guilty of that as well. But as you're writing, it needs to be legible. Yep. So grammar, spelling, punctuation yeah. all comes into play. It, it teaches you to do it correctly. And I've read other people's things and handed it back to them going, I can't make heads or tails of this. Do you know what punctuation is? Yeah, and, and then even, like I said, math, you know, when they're trying to figure out how far their fireball could go, mm-hmm. they have to, you know, they have their map out and they got to count each square, you know, 5, 10, 15, 20. Yep. They're going to learn that. They're going to learn the circumferences, you know, a little uh, geometry involved in there as well. Well, there's also um, – Cones of effect, where it starts off at 50 feet and it goes out 60 feet with 30 feet at the, at its apex. Um, so they're like, oh, 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 what? Okay, so now we're we're thinking on, they said, a geometry. We're thinking in three dimensions. Yeah, things encumbrance. Fly, things fly. Encumbrance. How much weight can I carry? How strong am I? So, all right, total up. Uh, it, the book tells you how much everything weighs. Total all up. How much are you carrying? Oh, 216 pounds, and your strength says you can carry... 90. Well, I guess you're setting a bunch yeah. of stuff aside, aren't you? What are you getting rid of? Yep. And um, they're going to have to learn to do that. And you say, like I said, math comes into play. A variety of calculations, your spell effects, especially when you get into your spell casting, yeah. there's a lot of math involved in that. For you know, for an older individual, a lot of it's off the top of your head. But for the kids at 10, 12, when they're still learning you know, their area of effects and their fractions and transferring anything into 3D, uh, line of sight. Line of sight's a simple thing, you would think, for an archer. Try to explain that through a in-game mechanics to a child of 10 years old going, no, you can't fire your bow. Why? There's a tree in the way. Yeah. Yeah, well, and well, I, I think math is a dry subject. I, I hated math. I, I, I know people that loved math. That's I hated math. I was terrible at math. I had zero interest in math. It was awful. I was the kid. I was a kid drawing a sturdy dwarven warrior in the margin of my math notebook because that was way cooler than learning how to do math. But one of the things that D&D helped me with, and I started with AD&D, and AD&D was math heavy. That was, yes. Everything was math. You know, Speed, everything. 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 Right. Every, the weapon speeds. But mm-hmm. my my math grades improved so much so that my, my math teachers thought that I had a tutor. You did. D&D. Yep. And Gary Gygax. Thank you, Gary. Yes, thank God you. God rest his soul. So it makes it makes certain aspects of learning very, very fun, especially when they may not they not may not be engaging for these children. But when you put it in the context of a game. Well, here's a bunch of math and at the end there's a fireball involved. Yeah, yeah. 
it suddenly bec- math suddenly looks really cool. Or budgeting, you know, before before yes. fifth edition gave you, you know, uh, chainmail armor or studded leather armor and like this equipment package for your character. Yeah, you, you start, rolled. You started with starting gold. Yep, and then you had to go out and buy what you needed, and you had the budget. Yep, and that was. That was hard <laughs> because <laughs> that was always some sacrifice in there. Yeah, there was yeah. sacrifice, and that's what budget is about. It's like you know, I really want that chainmail, but if I get that chainmail, then I can't afford this 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 longsword or this bastard sword or this or to eat or to eat, yes. which is which is important as well. You know, I don't know how many times I was all ready to go, and I'm like, oh, geez, I got no food, and and it's hard to catch a rabbit with a sword. <laughs> you know, it's it's. Damn near impossible. You went hungry many a night. I went, I went hungry many an adventuring night. What are you eating tonight? Grass. Grass and tree bark again. Boot laces. <laughs> uh, so there's there's a lot of practical education involved in in the game that, that that's important for children to have. All right, let's talk. Uh, let's switch the subject a little bit. Let's talk about, um, let's go with uh, feelings, expression, moods. This is my favorite, my favorite part, and, and I think that role, role play, role play is is really, really cathartic mm-hmm. for for adults. It's used in, uh, in in therapy for adults. Children know how they feel; they just have a hard time expressing it. So, well, uh, they or they constructively, constructively, their okay, yeah. their feelings comes come out in behaviors. Um, so, role play. Role play affords them the opportunity to kind of express that in a positive fashion. You know, I'm I'm not expressing it because it's me. I'm expressing it because it's this is this is my character. This is my wizard. This is my 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 warrior or ranger or whatever have you. And it grants them that opportunity to kind of express their feelings on on, on certain topics, which I think could be very very healthy for them. Agreed. Uh, I know. Like I said when I started. Uh, I had an overactive imagination and was prone to uh, act out in some very interesting ways. Uh, there was one point where I was taking uh, suction cup action figures and dumping them in a bucket of water and hucking them off a bridge onto oncoming cars. Not exactly proud of that today. Back then it was wicked cool. But it's things like that that, you know, were on the brink of getting me into some very serious trouble. And some adults recognized this and said, "No, we have an outlet for you." And it, his, my be, one of my best friends, his his younger brother, and a couple of others got together. And the older brother says, "Here, try this," and presented the game to us uh, when it first came out. And that, and that's exactly it. You know, now you can act out in a different fashion. Um, you know, it's like, okay, I was frustrated with X, got into an argument with my little brother again. Right. Well, I'm not taking it out on my little brother. I'm going to take it out on that goblin. Well, and at the same time, again, you learn consequence in the game as well. Oh, absolutely. <clears throat> absolutely. There, there's always something else. But, I mean, it gave you, like, to, to Scott's point, it's therapeutic. Mm-hmm. It's therapeutic. And, you know, and a lot of times you, you can analyze the kids. And if they come every Wednesday evening for an hour and a half, two hours to game, and every evening the same kid has, is going through patterns of – you know, how he's acting, you could recognize those patterns and you might want to address other, you know, talk, pull aside, talk to the parents saying, you know, I don't know why, but every single time he sees this, it becomes an issue. Uh, He either, you know, doesn't want to play anymore 
or he he acts out, and, and no matter what the circumstances is, I'm going to hack it. I'm going to hit it with a sword. I'm going to hit it with a chair. I'm going to hit it with another player. I mean, you know, it just, there's something triggering there, and, you know, it, you might want to talk to the parents about it. And as an adult, you would notice these things where the kids aren't. So you might want to keep an eye on it because, like I said, they're feeling, they wear their, they just show their feelings on their sleeves. I mean, they, they just come spilling out. Now, it may, it may not be articulated correctly or in, a, in an exact fashion, but the basic anger or shyness or confusion is going to be there. And you'll see, sometimes see some patterns. And it's something that you could help address. And it might be something minor. Hopefully, it's something minor. Yeah. Even though, you know, when you bring up shyness, and when I started playing d and I was a relatively shy kid. And a lot of the other kids that I played with were, were shy as well. They didn't say a lot. You know, they were, they were the quiet kids. And through the game, they kind of came out of their shell. And they learned how to express themselves. And uh, that was that was really good for them. It was really... Uh, really good for me as 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 a young kid to be able to to be able to do that and back when I started it was kind of like that was the game that was the um for the for the nerdy kids or the geeky kids you know so that's that's what we were that's how we were labeled you know we're the the geeky kids that like playing the game that's got a lot of math or it's got dragons in it and all sorts of silliness but that was a good outlet for for us Mm -hmm. you know well, and, and when we started gaming, there wasn't as nearly as many distractions available. Now there's countless video games and just the fact that they have a, a miniaturized, high-powered computer in their pocket yep. called a phone. Uh, we didn't have that. We had books. Uh, we had uh, three channels, four channels on TV. If you're really lucky and you had the area antenna with a little rotary antenna, you might be able to pick up one more channel from the next state over on a good day. Uh, so you had five channels. Yay. Yeah. And back then your remote control was the, uh, the kid, the kid, get up there and get up there and change, (laughs) change the channel channel three. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Uh, So these days there's so many other different distractions that are mindless. TV is mindless. A lot of these role-playing games or the uh, video games, they'll say, Oh no, you got to learn this and you got to learn that. Yeah. Okay. I can see, in a technological world where a lot of these games, you know, eye-hand coordination, I guess, maybe. Well, I, I just I think you're learning more patterns in those electronic, you know, the video games, where in this, there's no pattern to anything. Oh, no. You, know, you have to be mind wide open. It is very, yeah. very random. That's why, you know, the, the dice are random. You don't, you're not entirely sure what the outcome is going to be. That's why you're rolling the dice. It's very empowering, too, you know, mm-hmm. to, a, to a child who could be otherwise disempowered. You know, we think back to to your childhood. There was um you didn't have a lot of control over much. You know, you um you had those expectations your parents laid out, you know, you went to school, you had no choice in that. You came home after school, you had no choice in that. You did your homework, you know, you ate your vegetables, did your chores, did your chores. And D&D was a very empowering thing because everything was your choice. Yeah, you had control. Yeah. You had at least control of what you were going to do. Yeah, I tried to do. If you can think of it, you can try it. I'm going to jump on the table and dance. Why? Because I want to jump on the table and dance. Okay, jump on the table and dance. Roll decks, make sure you don't fall off. Yeah, and that sort of that sort of uh, empowerment is is very healthy for kids because they're that's going to be something that they're going to need to learn and 
and control is that free will of theirs when, when they hit the adult world or even just the teenage world. A teenage world is tumultuous enough. Yeah. yeah. When the hormones are raging and, and all of a sudden there's this entire other group of people that have different body parts than you. Yeah. Yep. Um, and it's and you start noticing those, and that becomes your world. Yep, you start becoming interested in in companionship. Mm-hmm. Um, That's a big part of this too. Yeah, is that is that companionship, forging relationships, yeah, friends, yeah, alliances, you know, a little bit of everything. Yeah, thirty some odd years playing D anD D with the same people because we sat at the team gaming table once. We're like, geez, I like this game. I like these people here. And, you know, I had a hair lost later, and we're still here. Well, some of us have still have hair. Some of us still have hair. Some of us haven't been running the table with you on it. That's why. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see. I game mastered for Lou, and I have no hair. And Scott game mastered for Lou, and None. he has no hair. And, and Lou has this wonderful, fantastic gray streak thing going in his hair, so. Because he still has hair. He's like a discount Mr. Fantastic. That's it. It's, That's it. It's the Walmart version. Reed Richards. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So we've we've uh, we've mentioned this a couple times earlier. Consequences for your choices. It, you know, it, that brings up, you know, that's a whole thing that little kids need to learn. You know, there's consequences for whatever you do, good or bad. Absolutely. Um, and to the, in, in today's culture where no one's nothing's ever uh, their fault. Uh, it's always someone else's fault these, these days. It seems that way. Um, there's consequences to your choices. Yes, that orc jumped out and you slew the orc. Great. But what about the other one that's seen it happen and runs back and tells all the other orcs? The rest of the tribe is angry, and now you have that to contend with. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that's nothing that you really don't want to contend with, so you shouldn't do it. You're playing the rogue. You go into town, well, I'm going to steal this, and I'm going to steal that, and I'm going to pick up that, and I'm going to pick up that. Uh, what if you get caught? Oh, and you will get you caught. You will get caught. You will get caught. Okay, now you're going to be put in jail. All things you took are going to be taken away from you, along with the stuff that you didn't take. The stuff that was yours is no longer yours. Yep. Uh, you're in jail. You will now have to pay a, a fine with money you don't have anymore. Or, because you bought that long sword. Because you bought the long sword. <laughs> <laughs> well, and it's true. You know, you know, you you overspend sometimes. You, you go hungry. Yeah, it's ramen noodles, and that's if you can afford that. Right. I I think the other thing too that is great about this is yeah, there's there's consequences for your choices, but this is just practice, right? So you're not you're not learning the hard way at 18 when you go off. You know, and you're living away at college. You know, yeah. you you're already practiced at it because, at the end of the night, it's not going to follow you home. It may still be waiting there for you at the gaming table. You know, a week from there now, but it's not something that well, travels if, with if, you for a if while. You're lucky. Leave let, leave a cliffhanger. Yeah. Oh, you were caught. They're threatening to cut your finger off or pay a hundred gold pieces. Now they just took everything you own. You have no money. You have a group you're traveling with. Are they going to come up with a hundred gold pieces? And now you got to pay them back. I mean, you don't have to be really drastic. You don't have to be graphic. Remember, these are kids. Yeah. Now, granted, they've seen worse in some of the video games, but let's try not to emulate the video games. You know, but there's then leave it there. 
There's lessons to be learned. Let them mull it over for the whole week. Yeah, and they could come back with a, a a creative response to you. I don't have money, and the whole party doesn't have that kind of money, but maybe I can, you know, perform a service for you. Community service. Yeah. Well, we have this band of orcs that's been raiding farms and the whatnot, so maybe if you go out there and you take care of that band of orcs, then we can we can call it all squared away, and we'll even give you – We'll even give you your stuff back. Not the stuff you took, but, you know, the stuff necessary for the completion of that that, that community service. And, yeah, you, you said it well well there. Um, you know, just they have to learn from their consequences. They just can't, like you said, go out and do things without thinking there's going to be no repercussions. Yeah, it, it's practice in the decision-making process. And I, I think everybody needs that mm-hmm. uh, because it, it, it seems awfully unfair to thrust a – a child upon the world. And when I say child, I mean, even as old as 20 with very limited experience in, in decision-making. Well, if you're at home and mom and dad takes care of the finances, they take care of the food, they pay for the cable, they pay for your phone, you get 16, you get a part-time job. Well, all you got to do is put a little bit of money in the bank and they, they give you a little bit of money and now you have a car and you're on their insurance. Then you hit 21 and it's like, uh, okay, you go to college and all that goes away. We're going to pay for your college fund, but we can't pay for anything else. You need to get a job. It's like, well, I have to buy my own food. I have to cook my own food. Yeah. Uh, it, 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 all of a sudden, reality can be really harsh. Yep, that's the real world. It's the real world. It can be really harsh. And not saying that we're going to learn how to cook gourmet meals by playing D&D. But you're going to learn to budget your money so you can yep. have food to eat while playing D&D. You're going to be able to realize that you need to be able to have somewhere to live. You're not going to just throw a tarp up with your horse, if you're lucky to have one, out in the woods because the farmer may not want you on his property. That's that's right. So what about modifying, because this is an adult game, what about modifying it down for children? Uh, there is something that, that Wizards of the Coast did that was really, really cool, and they – have these things called young adventurers guides and i actually i bought a couple of them for uh a young guy that was uh asking me about D and they're they're all over amazon they're like between five and eight bucks so they're really really affordable they're like they're a rule set they're nice hardcover books they they got some some nice artwork on them and they're up to i think like five of them now you got warriors and weapons monsters and creatures dungeons and tombs wizards and spells beasts and behemoths so it's a a dungeons and dragons rule set that's perfect and was designed for children so that's a that's a good place to start is i in my opinion is 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 with those books i wish you had something like that when i was younger yeah yeah because we were <laughs> we were muddling through those those books written by by gary guy jacks those D books and and i got the impression that they weren't meant for the 10 year old me that was reading them um because they were really they were complicated yes they were and they're still kind of complicated when you when you go back and you're 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 looking at them now Especially after playing fifth edition for what four or five years, yeah, they seem really like cumbersome, very heavy. Yeah, so uh, my my suggestion go with those, you know, to start. As far as modifying, I mean, describe describe your monsters, but you don't want to give these kids nightmares. They are kids. Yeah, 
right? Yeah. So let's keep the graphics to on the down low. Describe your monsters. You know, round off the corners. Um, the, you know, the, the fangs don't have to be all that long. I mean, you, you don't have to give flesh-rending descriptions of these. You know, you don't want to terrify nope. the kids. Tone it down a little bit. Tone it down a little bit. Uh, and when it comes to actual combat, give give them air to the side of the the players. Give them that the, the grace. And uh, all right, they're they're missing. All right. Oh, gee, so is my guy. Gee, all right. oh, yeah, you got him. Fudge the numbers if you have to. Give them the victories. Give them the victories. Give them that sense of accomplishment. Because that's what they, they're learning to cooperate. They're learning to share. They're learning their budgeting. They're learning an awful lot of stuff. Positive reinforcement's a great way to make sure it sticks. Yeah. Let them accomplish the feat. Let them beat the monsters. Um, even if it, even if you do hold over to the next week with a cliffhanger or something like that, let them accomplish it. And if you have to kind of like, oh, all right, I'll let this one slide, let it slide. Give them the victory because that's what's going to keep them coming back, number one, and reinforce all these little lessons that you've been subliminally pounding into them over the course of the two hours every week for the last several months you've been gaming with them. Yeah. Looking at the content is important too. the content of your, your adventure. Uh, it's, it's going to be different. Yes. You know, the, the storyline and everything, it's going to be different than what you would deliver to a group of 30 year olds or, you know, a, a campaign or an adventure I would run for 10 year old children is going to be very different than what I would run. Yeah, they're not out there trying guys. to save the world. Maybe the town, yeah. But you don't need these giant sweeping epic stories for 10 and 12-year-olds. You're going to lose them real fast. Yep. That's why it's called Baby Steps. We're mm-hmm. a little bit yeah. out of time. Yeah. Uh, you uh, you introduce them in, in, in little bits and pieces. And, yeah, the, 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 the content. Sometimes, you know, the battle we could get pretty descriptive with at, at the gaming table. Uh, for them, it might just be a little brushed over. You know, you don't want... You don't want to present them with The Walking Dead. You you want you want a little more Disney, yes, than than that, and uh, make it so that it's you know it's appropriate for that age range. Something uh, uh, you know a little more, a little less violent. You know, you look at cartoons that are geared towards children. You know, remember old the old GI Joe cartoon? Yeah. Uh, every time a plane was shot down, you always saw a parachute. Yes. Um, every, yep. Boom. Everyone jumped out. Yep. More more parachutes. And less fiery crashes, and and it'll be a lot more appropriate content for for the children at your gaming table, especially if they're like ten years old. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to agree with you on that. And with that, Scott, I like to thank you and uh, Bill. And um, that's why you should introduce your children to Dungeons and Dragons at an early age. That's going to conclude this episode. Thanks for tuning in and listening. Please subscribe to the podcast for more great content. If you'd like to hear a particular topic, you can reach us on Facebook at the Dungeon Masters Dojo. Or you can drop us an email at the Dungeon Masters Dojo at gmail.com. Thank you and have a good day.